Hello guys, this is Brad with Ball Down South Sports Wave. We're going live today <clears throat> and we're going to do a kind of a wrap up show with uh, over the weekend's games and this past week. And I'm trying to get somebody to come on with me. Hang on just a second. Um, so yesterday, there he is. All right. So this is Brad again, and, um, I've got Coleman Scott with me. Um, he does his own podcast called Talking Kentucky, and he is wanting to come on and kind of share some of his thoughts. Hey, Coleman, how are you? There you are. Can you hear me? I Come on here. I figure can, this pod, I pod being uh, uh, technology, I guess, here. <laughs> it took, took me yeah, a while, I, but listen, it, it looks I, like I'm on now. I am too, actually. You're actually the first one that's joined that way, so I'm just trying to figure <laughs> well, it out too. Sorry for the delayed reaction there, but uh, no, I'm okay. on here now. So. I was yeah. trying to figure it out myself. We've done it. Um, you know, where I've done like in, sit out invites for like some people that are on with me, you know. Um, yeah. But I, this is the first time I've actually done it through the Podbean app. So I was trying to, I was trying to figure that out as well. Well, hey, I think we're on here now. So think, I think we're rocking. <laughs> you right. <laughs> All right. So I appreciate you being on with me today. Um, like I said, this is Coleman Scott from Talking Kentucky. He has his own podcast. And uh, uh, if you have not watched or listened to his podcast, please do. Uh, they they have a little humor and a little fun with their show. So, um, Coleman, explain your show just a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it all started. Uh, well, I guess I should say um, that I'm a musician at heart. That's kind of like what I do. I'm actually in grad school right now uh, for music. I'm getting my doctorate down at LSU. Um, but a secondary passion of mine and something I've always kind of wanted to go in to uh, if, if I didn't go into music was like sports broadcasting or sports journalism. So uh, actually, when we lost to St. Peter's, when Kentucky lost to St. Peter's in the tournament, that kind of prompted me and my buddy, Caden Holmes, that I do the podcast with, uh, to start something because we, we always call after Kentucky games and we always sort of, uh, you know, have our own little, uh, private podcast, I guess, over the phone. So we're like, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just make this a thing and, uh, put it out there? So, um, you know, we, we, we are serious sometimes, you know, we, we, we do some, uh, some, some kind of, uh, picks and, you know, serious Kentucky news and things like that. But, uh, we also try to add a little, uh, humor and fun to it too. We do some, some stupid debates like as a, is a hot dog, a sandwich. And, uh, we do some, <laughs> like some brackets, you know, like, uh, uh, we've done like a sports broadcasting funny moments bracket and we've done a, uh, football coach post game rants uh bracket and things like that so we we just try to mix it up and keep it entertaining at all times right well i appreciate you being on with me and uh looks like john roberts has joined us today as well john are you on i am i am all right so john's awesome. joined us with for the show some this past week and uh he done the picks with us and stuff we didn't do so well with those picks, did we, John? Uh, I know I was probably somewhere like 50-50. Yeah. I can't remember exactly 100% how the, how everything went. All right, so, Coleman, you're on. We'll do a little bit of this Kentucky game, and I've got a few things that I want to say, but I'll start with you. What did you think the way the game ended and, um, you know, what what are your thoughts on the game yesterday? Man, I, it, it was one of those times where Kentucky 
you know, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory again. Uh, it, it seems like, uh, I thought we were over that, but it, it, it definitely seemed like old Kentucky football for a minute. And I hate saying that, but that's certainly what it felt like at the end. Um, it, it was one of those where if we had just straight up lost, like it, it would have been bad enough, but we had two chances to win. And it was like two opportunities where I thought we had basically won the game, like on, on Will Levis's first uh fumble he got that first down it was like an awesome play call and an awesome move by him um then he fumbles and didn't think we would get the ball back but then we it, you know especially since we just had two timeouts but then we stopped uh stopped Ole Miss we're able to get the ball back Barry on Brown had that huge, huge run play. huge play. Um, I mean that was just like I thought he was actually going to go to the house there um but uh you know regardless you get in scoring position you have the opportunity um, to, you know, even with the kicking woes that you were having that day, you know, it would have been a chip shot field goal, even if you can't score there, right? Which would, so, which would tie the game up. Which would tie the game. Right. Um, and yeah. then, you know, uh, you have the Dane Key catch, which was just an unbelievable, you know, that would have been on Sports Center top 10. It would have been on the NFL thing, like you got mossed. Like it would have been on that. It would have been on all that kind of stuff. Like it, an unbelievable catch uh, would have been one of the greatest like moments in UK history. And then, uh, you know, I'm going crazy. I, I'm just like losing my mind. And then uh, <laughs> there's the illegal shift penalty or whatever. And um, it, it's just and then it's like, you know, I got over that. It's like, OK, we're, we're fine. We can we can still score here. We can still put the game away. And then the very next play, Will Levis uh, gets ball knocked out and he fumbles. So it's uh, it, it was I can't imagine more deflating way to lose. I mean, it it was just I'm definitely still not over it, and that one's gonna gonna sting for a while. So no, I agree with you, um, John Roberts. This is he's on Twitter. Most people know him as Drink Local Beham on Twitter. So if I call him that, Coleman, you'll know who I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So, John, your your thoughts on the UK game? Did you watch any of it? I did. I did. Um, it looked like. I mean, I was actually surprised with how well UK was able to hang in there with uh with Ole Miss. I felt like Ole Miss. I mean, you know, we talked about it in the previous shows where I thought that uh that Ole Miss would uh start kind of running away with it and maybe maybe control the game from start to finish, but not necessarily have a massive blowout. Right. But, um, and then, you know, Kentucky kept it inside the number, inside the number, and then had multiple chances to win. And then, you know, right there at the end where they, you had the fumble and then the, um, and then just not able to get, get the score at the end of the game. So, yeah, I mean, but, uh, Overall, it, it 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 looked like Kentucky had had played well enough for most of the game to win it. Right. So yeah. So I'm gonna give some thoughts, Coleman, and you can. Some of this may sound a little harsh, but like you said, the old the old Kentucky football. Um. <clears throat> so. You know, we've made tremendous strides, and in, in a game like yesterday with Ole Miss, I actually believe that we were the better team. Don't you? Oh, yeah, we, we no doubt. We were definitely the better team. Um, and I don't think Ole Miss played bad, though. I think we actually got Ole Miss's best shot, and it's not like we were only going to win the game because Ole Miss handed it to us. I mean, I know Lane Kiffin went for it down there on fourth down and, and their own uh, in, the, in the red zone there at, in the fourth quarter and gave us an opportunity. But it, it's not like they just handed us the game. And, and I, I think we were definitely the better team. And, I, you know, obviously we didn't play our best. And we still no, I mean, were really like a, a, a tenth of a second from winning. I mean, if, if Will Levis had snapped the ball – uh, a tenth of a second later and let Barry on Brown get set on that illegal shift, then we win the game and we're undefeated and yeah. maybe top five. Well, I today. mean, but there's so many other things in that game. And I've been preaching this for a while. We don't play clean. And we don't. And I don't understand like Mark Stoops teams 
have always kind of, you know, I don't know. I mean, they, they do really well with it. And then at times in certain games each year, we always have a game or two that it comes up and bites us. They, yeah, that, that's always how it is. And Mark Stoops teams usually play fundamental football, you know, sound fundamental football really well. And, you know, Stoops had a quote after last game, after the Northern Illinois game, that he's tired of being pissed off after a win. Right. And I thought he was going to be saying that again um, after this game. Like, if we had won that game, you know, I would still feel like, okay, we we haven't – we've been through five games now, and we haven't played well, I don't think, in any of them, and we're 5-0. and Well, now we're 4-1, and and we haven't played well in any game. Um, but, yeah, I feel like we leave so much – on the field every game, even I mean, in the shutout against Youngstown. Yeah, I mean, we we are, you know, missing or having extra points blocked. We can't snap, you know, when it comes to field goals. Um, you know, the we had the safety in the end zone that we gave them two points on. Um, we missed a 39-yard field goal yesterday. All of these things, on top of what you were talking about with the fumbles, there was a very questionable late hit on one of those fumbles, or not a late hit, but a targeting hit. Targeting, yeah. A Uh targeting hit on one of those fumbles that, I mean, to be quite honest with you, it's clear. I mean, it's helmet to helmet, and he's a quarterback. And I don't understand. The quarterbacks are supposed to be protected. And I I don't understand why – why Levis is getting leveled in some of these hits, and there's he no was a calls. runner on that one. He was a runner on that play. Yeah, that's but, why he was. A, that was why he's. That's why he he doesn't fall under the protection. But it's he gets hit clearly, helmet to helmet, in the he head. He lowered his head. He lowered his head. He lowered his head and initiated the contact. That's why they didn't call it. Yeah, and and it's it, it was that was the reason. Uh, I mean, I, I know what play you're talking about, and he lowered his head and initiated the contact, and he was a runner. He's a He was a runner, so he's not as protected as the other ones, and that's why they didn't That's why they didn't call that one. But, yeah, if, normally but, but if a wide in. receiver does that, if a wide receiver catches a ball and then lowers his head and that somebody lays the wood to the wide receiver, they call it all day long. Only if it's Smoke Monday. That's it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just true. I see it all the time. They throw the flag and they call it all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they they haven't been consistent with calling it, but that particular play was a ball. I mean, Levis, while a quarterback, was a runner in that play and then lowered his head and generally – because they don't really they don't call it with a running back does it so they they generally aren't going to call it when any sort of ball carrier does it so and it was hard to see uh like live right but like they during the done play. replay yeah well and they did and and that's the thing that maybe should have happened is you know the uh the booth can can call down for a review if they think they saw right. targeting and they chose even on the instant replay and they they chose not to do that so i think it should have been looked at it was even though it was hard to see live i mean it it, it was clearly like the definition of targeting because i i know that that levis lowered his his helmet but you know, the Ole Miss defender led with the crown of his helmet, and I thought that that was, like, the definition of targeting. Like, if you lead with the crown of your helmet, like, right. then I think I thought it was targeting. And I don't it was know helmet. how it's not. But, um, you know, re- regardless, I mean, it was definitely a missed call. And if it had gone our way, Ole Miss would say it was a cheap call. Well, I think we could say that the illegal shift was kind of a cheap call. I mean, that was, like, really close. Like I said, it was, like, a tenth of a second. So, And it didn't even affect, like – Dane Key wasn't even the one that wasn't set, so right. it didn't even really affect the play. So I think, um, I think that was kind of a cheap call too. So, um, you know, football is a game of, uh, it, it, it's a game of breaks, and the breaks certainly didn't fall our way this week. Almost everything fell Ole Miss's way. So, right. And you know, my thing is this: I'm going to say a couple of things here. I'm not completely sold on Scangarello as the offensive coordinator yet. 
Yeah, I'm not um, either. I wish it, I wish that weren't the case, but I'm I'm not. I mean, we're either. five games in, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't like him or he's not the one. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying through five games in, I, there's some stuff that are questionable that I think, and some and some play calls that, I mean, we just don't look like the same team that we were with Liam Cohen last year. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. Um, and, you know, early on or like before the season, it would have been easy to say, well, we don't have Wondell Robinson, but I think we clearly have threats at wide out. So I don't think that's quite the reason. I, I just uh, I don't think, uh, it, you know, some of the play calls are, are kind of questionable and then at, my, at best. And my second thing that I'm going to say is I'm te- definitely not sold on the offensive line coach and the way things are yeah. looking on the offensive line. Now, like Kentucky for the last four or five years have been one of the leaders in the country, to be quite honest with you, with um, our offensive line and the way that they blocked. Uh, and, and this year, I mean, it, it's like we're trying to get Levis killed, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh and you know that um, that last play, you know, a big part of the end of the game was Jeremy Flax went down with cramps. I know everybody thought that he was faking it, but that was an an actual cramp. If you like saw what was going on on TV uh, and evidence by the fact that he wasn't in the game, and David Wallabaugh had to come in the game. Right. Uh, he's who kind of with the tackle that that uh, led to the Will Levis fumble. Um, and I know that, you know, it, it ultimately uh, – I, I know that him whiffing the tackle didn't help, but, like, Will still can't put the ball on the ground. Like, even even if you're – like, you, you just got to take the sack in that situation. Like, you, you can't put your, like, arm up to where it's vulnerable like that. You know, like, I feel like at that point when the pocket collapsed, like, he had to just take the sack and live to see another down. Right. Like, the one thing you can't do in that situation is turn the ball over. Like, literally anything else could happen. But, and we turn the ball over. So. Right. All right. So we're four and one and uh, on to next week. So, um, you know, you have to live with it. So, all right. So John Roberts that's on with us, he's an Auburn fan. So I want to hear your thoughts on the Auburn LSU game last night, John. Uh, it looked uh, very much like a typical Auburn game. That's what it looked like. Uh, under the Brian Harson era, there's been, I believe, five or six games where Auburn has had a 14-plus point lead. or more lead yeah. uh, <clears throat> in the first quarter or first half. That has, in the in the second half, has gone away, where we've lost the game, where, where Auburn has lost the game, and generally in the second half of those games, Auburn. Uh, scores maybe three to seven points total in those games. Right. So um, Auburn, Auburn was a seventeen and nothing to nothing lead last night, and and looks like nothing. you know, and looks like in the second quarter that you know that they were at least going to be able to get the game down to the end and possibly still have a lead and have a chance. Right, and the uh, the 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 last score that Auburn had uh, came with, I believe, nine thirty eight to go in the second quarter. Right, and they did not score beyond that moment. Um, the real turnaround was the uh, sack, fumble, scoop, and score uh, right there, deep in the Auburn territory, where um, I can't believe I can't remember exactly who the LSU defensive lineman that came around the corner and hit Ashford, knocked the ball loose, ball was picked up, I think right around the 10 or so yard line and ran in for a touchdown. Um, At that point, uh, Auburn was really unable to put any sort of effective drive together until uh, in the second half, I think they got down into deep into territory and turned it over uh, with the Coy Moore uh, little trick play where Coy Moore ended up trying to throw the pass 
and he was getting pulled down or getting hit as he threw it and uh, went right to an LSU defender, turned the ball over. The last, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes of the game, it just looked like the ball was just nobody really wanted to win the game. LSU couldn't put Auburn away, and Auburn could never put, you know, points on the board, get points or get close enough to put points on the board uh, in order to, uh, you know, actually make a comeback. Right. So, Coleman, did you did you get to catch any of that game? I did catch some of that game, and actually, uh, my roommate here in Baton Rouge is on the uh, on the coaching staff at LSU. So I, I was watching some of the first half, um, and you know, as we all know, Auburn was uh, handling their business, and I thought I was. Uh, I thought my roommate was going to come home and we were going to talk about uh, how much it sucks to go on the road and lose. But um, I don't know how LSU won that game. If you, if you look at the stats, it doesn't scream that LSU would have won the game either. I mean, Jaden Daniels had I mean, 80 LSU, yards. LSU kind of struggled too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was 8 for 20. Um, yeah, it's just – I mean, looking at the, the stats, like I don't know how LSU won this game, right? I mean, uh, it's – I don't know. LSU's kind of, they're kind of like Kentucky in that I don't think that they've really played well in any of their games and they're four and one. Right. So. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they definitely didn't play well enough to win it. Auburn played, Auburn has the stats to say, like, we should win this, you know, that Auburn should win this game. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, yes, what you said, Jaden Daniels and Nussmeyer together combined for, 10 for 26 for 85 yards. Yeah, that is and won the game somehow. And (laughs) Robbie Ashford was 19 of 38, so he's about what, 50%? Right. 50%. That is actually dead on 50%. It is. For 337 yards, two touchdowns, and an INT. Right. And Um, and you would think that Auburn would win that with those kind of stats. But but here is the kicker, all right? The best two players on the field are Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. Those are the best two guys on offense. Right. Tank got 12 carries and I believe caught four passes. Uh, and half the passes, Robbie Ashford was – that they weren't great passes where Tank's either having to jump to catch it, turn his body to catch the ball, whatever it is, it slows his momentum down. And then immediately he's having to dodge four or five, you know, different would be tacklers and only, you know, struggling to get to the line of scrimmage, which is pretty much typical of any sort of game with, uh, with tank. Um, Again, because the offensive line struggles and while the offensive line did better in this game, Still nowhere near the 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 where they should be, especially for an SEC team or an SEC West team. So they're not going to fare too too great, you know, against any uh, against any any team that legitimately has a pulse. Right. And well, Coleman's going to LSU, so I'm sure he was paying attention. I figured he was. I was I was paying attention. <laughs> Auburn uh, Auburn had 438 total yards of offense. LSU had 270. Uh, Auburn had uh, 337 yards passing, and LSU, as we said, had 85. So right, don't know how Auburn lost that game. Again, there there were some there there was uh well let's see LSU won the turnover battle. I believe it was four turnovers to one. Right. Um. So, yep. That, that was it. Four to one. That usually, it it's insanely hard for a team to win the game while losing the turnover battle. Uh, Especially if the, it's more than one. If it's more in, than plus one. In the three wins that Auburn has, I believe they have lost the turnover battle in all three of them. Right. They've only turned the other team over twice in the first four games and or first five games first five games they've turned over the opposing team twice once last week once against lsu that's it 
All hey. right, so the elephant in the room yesterday was the Georgia-Missouri game. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts? What's we'll start with with you, John. What's your what's your thoughts on that game? Well, Georgia had one of those games where they didn't play well. Um, they just they seemed to be out of sync in the first half, definitely. And uh, Mizzou's defense is what kept them in it. And I mean, look. Their defense has been pretty good anyway, or pretty decent. It's the offense that just is not great. And they were, you know, it seemed like that they were, even the, the, the punches that they were able to land, they didn't seem like they were hitting as hard as they could have. They were, you know, scoring, uh, kicking field goals instead right. of scoring touchdowns. Right. And I think that's what, what was ultimately their, downfall you know their downfall was was that and it looked like also that uh georgia had a lot of frustration on the sidelines as well they were they seemed to uh be getting in each other's faces but i think uh after halftime i think um i believe stetson bennett kind of took over and you know led his team with just by getting with every single player, every every um, uh, every offensive lineman, every skill position player, and getting you know, and I think I think calming everybody down, and they eventually were able to uh, pull it out at the end, and that's just one of those surviving advance games. Right, Bowman. What do you think about the? I mean, the way Georgia had to come from behind to beat Missouri. Well, I think uh, I think it came down to Missouri had the X's and O's, but Georgia had the Jimmys and Joes there at the end. Like you could really see um, how Georgia just took over like physically and was able to run the ball at will on Missouri in the fourth quarter, and they were just able to put the game away and go down the field and and score. Um, you know, I think uh, I think Missouri um, had a great game plan coming in. Um, I think uh I think Eli Drinkwitz was was um on point with his play calling for a lot of the game. Um, which I, I think he does have a really great um offensive mind. And I mean he they 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 had it teed up for him there and uh it, it really came down to, like I said, Georgia being able to have the dudes to make plays there at the end of the game and then uh Missouri wasn't able to uh, turn field goals into touchdowns and um you know, they were able to move the ball, but they, they weren't able to put up seven. They, they had to settle for three. So, uh, ultimately that cost them the game. Right. Uh, so I was hoping for them. I, I was hoping for Missouri to pull that out. Um, because, uh, man, that would, that would have helped Kentucky. I think oh, yeah, that nothing would make Kentucky. <laughs> nothing would have helped, uh, <laughs> would have, would have made yesterday okay, but <laughs> that, that would have come pretty close if Georgia lost. Right. I agree with that as a Kentucky fan. Now yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not that I wouldn't pull for Georgia at certain times, but I'm just saying in the East that would have been a help. Yes. Yeah. It would have. Yeah. But that being said, like I mean, I, I kind of thought it was a fluke that Georgia struggled against Kent State last week, but now seeing them struggle like they did against Missouri, I mean, they look very beatable. Like the the fact that we have them in Lexington later this year. Um, like, well, I, you know, I think we can, I think we can run with them. And if I we think can, if we can put together a good, clean game, I think that we yeah. can. Uh, but I think undoubtedly the, the toughest game left on Kentucky's schedule is at Tennessee. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one too. I didn't think that would be the case, uh, coming into this season, but I think that's definitely the case now. So, yeah. So a couple of other games that the the Mississippi State Texas A&M game kind of went the way I expected the game to go, but at the same time, it's really kind of surprising to see Texas A&M just be quite so dreadful. <laughs> and, yeah, you know what's y'all's thoughts on that? Um, you know I think uh, Miss Mike Leach is just. He's an interesting guy. I can't really feel. I feel like his teams either like lay a total egg or just <laughs> blow a team do. out. Like, I, and I can't, 
I can't figure it out. I, I mean, at LSU, they laid a total egg. They did, you know, right? Exactly. A few so couple I, weeks ago. I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't, Mississippi State is either really bad or really good on any given Saturday, and there's no in between. You're exactly right. And they're so hard to judge and figure out which team is going to show up. Yeah, it is. And I guess that's the air raid offense, right? I mean, that's just, that's what it is. I mean, <laughs> it either works or it doesn't. Right. There's no in between. So, John exactly. Roberts, what do you, what do you say about what's going on at Texas A&M? Well, the offense is the worst in the SEC. Absolutely. So, I mean, the numbers and, prove it. And, and, you know, as we were talking about in the previous two episodes, the previous two podcasts, that it was that, that I sat there and said, look, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a blowout going the, uh, the, you know, against A&M that you did call that, that, that one. Yeah, I said Mississippi State's gonna, gonna is going to absolutely uh, have their way with A and M, and it took a while, but then all of a sudden, I think it was the, what the fourth quarter where they just kind of blew it up on them. Right. And uh, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was exactly what I thought it would be, and that was that that Mississippi State was going to be able to 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 score a lot of points, and then that well. A&M just isn't able to move the ball and they're just not able to do I don't know why they I mean they got supposed to have this the greatest uh uh recruiting class ever yeah and you know paid them all this money you know got in transfers did these guys want you know they got LSU quarterback yeah do anything with them got Got the quarterback that they had before. Can't, you know, highly touted five-star guy. Can't do anything with him. I've never really understood what people <laughs> see in Max Johnson because you know I got to watch him quite a bit. He was at LSU last year, of course, and right. uh, he just has never looked comfortable in the pocket. And I don't really understand what people see in him necessarily. Right, and it just—I don't know. I mean, it just—it just seemed very bland. And that's so. What's I feel like they should be able to do well with having guys like an A chain and you know stuff like that. I mean, Anaya Smith I think is now gone. They've lost him for I the year. I think they've lost him for the year. Yeah. Right. And and but before, I mean, he should have been <clears throat> lighting it up, you know, prior to the injury. And so I just I don't understand why they're 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 not. They're not able to put up points. I don't understand. So but what, it makes for what, good comedy. Coleman, what do you so. think this all means for Jimbo? Like, I mean, is he on the hot seat? Well, I mean, they. what have they really done since Jimbo has been at A&M? <laughs> I Eight mean, points. like, yeah, like that's yeah. the best record. Is it, isn't that the best record they've had? Uh, they may have been a 10 win the one year where they supposedly thought that they should have been in the playoffs. But yeah, eight and four. Like, I mean, I, I, if they haven't fired him yet, like, what's it going to take? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Auburn would have gotten rid of him immediately. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> um, which he's been there what six years? Is he six years now, or is it longer? Feels like longer. Uh, let me think. It's. I don't know if it's. Is it that long? I think so. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm not. I'm not sitting here and looking at it and looking it up. I'm doing that off the top of right. my head. Right. Hey, how about this? That Texas A&M had three penalties for 24 yards. Mississippi State had 13 penalties for 138 yards. <laughs> and still won the game. Still won the game by. And still clobbered them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So nationally. I'll tell you a game that surprised me was the Oklahoma TCU game. Uh, I mean, I just, it was just a big surprise. I mean, Oklahoma was coming off, um, a, a struggle loss. And I just thought that, you know, they would come in and at least show a lot better than what they did. And, uh, you know, that's, I, I thought that was a game national wise that just, uh, I mean, it was pretty telltale against Oklahoma and, you know, 
do that. I, I haven't seen the polls all the way down. I know Kentucky fell to 13 in the coaches poll, but I didn't see if Oklahoma stayed in the poll or not. But, you know, they, that was a beating that says maybe they shouldn't be ranked, you know? Yeah, and who did Oklahoma lose to last week? I forget. Kansas State. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. another purple team. Another purple team. Those are two uh two back to back pretty pretty bad losses there. I think Texas A and M and Oklahoma should play, and the the coach should be fired at a ceremony at midfield after the game. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are two. That was that was that was LSU versus Auburn a couple of years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Loser of the game is going to lose their coach. <laughs> um, but uh. Yeah, I mean, I think TCU might be better than people think, but they're not 55 to 24. I don't see how they're 55 to 24 better than Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, I don't know what's going on there, but, um, can't imagine it's going to work out very long. So who, who's there now? Who's the Brent Venables? Brent Venables. Yeah. 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 Um, defensive guru giving up 55 points. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Man, is he, Bob Stoops still like in some administrative position with Oklahoma? He, yeah, he's got some kind of solid. He's still there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Here's 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 the issue. Brent Venables, defensive coordinator. Do you know who that is? Do y'all no. know who it is off the top of your head? Because I know who it is. What do you mean? I mean, he's the he was the Clemson, and he also was no, 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 he, no, no, he also no, was Oklahoma's no. defensive coordinator as well. No, I'm talking about the defensive coordinator for Brent Venables. Oh, um, you mean like currently? Yes. Uh, I no, I do not know who he hired as the defensive coordinator. Ted Leaking Roof. Ted Roof. Ted Roof. Is Leaking Ted Roof. <laughs> I call him a leaky roof because <laughs> his defenses are god-awful. I absolutely dislike Ted Groove's defenses, and he was the defensive coordinator when Auburn won the national championship back in 2010. Oh, really? The only reason why those defenses won or did anything was because you had a Nick Fairley at D-line, just a man-child on the D-line, and you had Josh Bynes as just a a leader for the defense. They were very much a Ben Ben bend but just didn't quite break but he had better dudes in that I mean there than probably than I guess he has at, at, at Oklahoma but it's I just I've, I've never been a fan of what Ted Roof has ever done yeah and so that was the first thing as soon as I found out that Ted Roof was the defensive coordinator I went that, there's your problem <laughs> at, least, uh, at least he's not as bad as uh, Gene Chizik. Well, look, Gene Chizik took over the defense from Roof. Right. Basically just said, nah, man, you're done. And then he <laughs> took it over. And then the next year he hired somebody else. Uh, and I think that was when they went three and three and nine. And Chizik was pretty much, you know, on his way out the door. But, yeah. Right now, in in eleven, I think Gene Chizik took over the defense at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and I think relieved Ted Roof before the bowl game. Well, Coleman, I know you have another um, thing that you're supposed to do uh, here in just a little bit, so I don't know if you need to jump off or not. But uh, hey, I, I got a few more minutes. Okay, I know yeah. you you said that you still had you know something to do, so I wanted to ask. Yeah, um, for sure. So you know. National wise, what did you think of some of the games yesterday? Um, the Clemson NC State game was not as uh exciting as I hoped it would be, probably. Uh neither was Alabama Arkansas. Um okay. No, Al- <laughs> we haven't discussed that one, but Alabama won that pretty handily and Bryce got hurt, so Yeah. Yeah. You remember what I said about that game too? Yeah, yeah. I hear exactly you that way too. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm only gonna tell you when I when I was right. <laughs> <laughs> that one. You know, I, was I, right on. <laughs> I think. Um, I think Michigan is very beatable, though. I mean, they they almost lost. I guess they didn't almost lose, but they very easily could have lost to Maryland last week. Right. And then uh, 
They could have lost to Iowa this week. I mean, Iowa's not good. <laughs> like they, they can't put, they have a great defense. They're just not a good yeah. overall team because they have no offense. Yeah, they have like no offense. So, right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, when up, it takes Iowa three scores to score seven points, that is definitely no offense. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, I just, you know, you, you talk about nationally. I think, uh, that Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State coming into this week, I think they're like the three teams. And then that four spot in the playoff is wide open. Yeah. The, they're, I mean, those are the three teams that I think are head and shoulders above everybody else. And well, now Georgia might not even be that head and shoulders above everybody else. Who knows? Right. I mean, well, they, they got, got next week to get right against Auburn. They'll get right against Auburn. <laughs> against Auburn. They'll absolutely, they'll absolutely <laughs> blow the doors off of Auburn. And everybody was like, oh, there's that team. And yeah, they're right. back. And they're they'll, back start, they'll, start, they'll start blowing everybody else up after that. So, so Coleman, I happens. did see that Kentucky dropped to 13 in the coaches' poll before we come mm-hmm. on, um, which, you know, I was kind of afraid they would drop even further. So 13 yeah. is, is kind of a good number, I think. It does mean – that they still have a chance to make some noise um, over the next four weeks. I mean, we play South Carolina. We got Mississippi State at home, um, you know, Tennessee, Georgia. So, I mean, if Kentucky could take care of business and clean up their act a little bit, and the two things that's bothering me the most is the offensive line and just the um, turnovers and the, you know, like, snaps and you know block field goals and you know i mean ruffalo's been a great kicker and yesterday he missed a 39 yarder i don't know if it was in his head because i mean he was our kicker uh last time we we lost to Ole miss um when we missed the extra point and that's the reason that we lost and i think it was just uh i don't know what it is he's been mr consistent lately so i've and it was just a total disaster so i've got to think that was a mental lapse uh but i mean one of them was a snapping issue right it was one of them was a snapping issue yes uh but then the other two kicks were definitely definitely kind of a mental thing but um yeah we got we got to get that cleaned up but hey i mean if you go into if you take care of business these next two weeks against uh south carolina mississippi state both at home which are two very winnable games and then if you were to go into tennessee and win the Ole Miss game becomes totally irrelevant because you're right where you wanted to be going in to probably play Georgia for the East, right? Right. Um, so because you beat Florida, you you could lose this game, which that that's the good thing about getting that Florida win is, you know, you, you have a, a freebie, you know, for lack of a better word. Uh, it just sucks because, like, it was right there for the taking and we could be 5-0, um, but it – in the grand scheme of things, I don't think this game matters as much as people really think or feel right now. Well, the, this game will only matter if we go lay an egg against Tennessee or we lay an egg at home against Mississippi State. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, um, Tennessee barely be, I mean, we handled, we played Florida better than Tennessee did. I think so, yes. Uh, at Florida, and I don't know if you know Florida's figured something out or or something, you know, or just had a good game. That I don't know, but um, the fact that we held Anthony Richards into four yards rushing, I don't think was a fluke. I mean, um, I I think our defense can can handle Tennessee, but um, what what bothered me, I guess, the most about the Ole Miss game is is how they were able to move the ball through the air against us. I did not expect that. I thought our secondary would be able to handle them better. And I know they didn't have like a crazy day, but they still threw for almost 300 yards on us. Like, yeah, didn't didn't think that would have happened. Right. Yeah, because they had been basically rushing the ball for like 260 yards a game or something before, you know, before Saturday. Well, and Brad White's that bend don't break defense, like doesn't typically give up big plays. And we gave up quite a few big plays. So we, we got to get that fixed before we go into Tennessee. But, you know, I, I, I think you're, you're still in a good spot to get right these next two weeks and, and go into Tennessee and, and, uh, you know, play for a win there. So. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I actually I, have the uh, AP top twenty-five. Okay. If, uh, Deuce, if you okay. guys are interested. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So number twenty-five LSU, twenty-four Cincinnati, twenty-three Mississippi State, twenty-two Syracuse, twenty-one Washington, twenty K State, nineteen Kansas, eighteen UCLA, seventeen TCU, sixteen BYU. 15, Wake Forest, 14, NC State, 13, Kentucky, 12, Oregon, 11, Utah, 10, Penn State, 9, Ole Miss, 8, Tennessee, 7, Oklahoma State, 6, USC, 5, Clemson, 4, Michigan, 3, Ohio State, 2, Georgia, Georgia, 1, Bama. Yeah. Georgia dropped in the coaches' poll as well. They dropped from yeah. one to two. That's right yep. where I thought we'd be in the poll, like Kentucky. I, I think uh, I thought we'd be 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Well, I was kind of afraid that we would drop to 15 to 18, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, Kentucky doesn't get, garner enough respect yet in the football world, I don't think, most of the time. So we tend to drop a little more than – some programs would, in my opinion. I'm going to say out of all of that, one of the teams, and I know they handled Auburn a couple of weeks ago, but Penn State yesterday, I mean, they beat Northwestern 17-7. to Yeah. And they just, and it's Northwestern. And, you know, and I mean, I I just don't see how they climbed in the top 10 in both polls. This isn't isn't a good Northwestern team. This isn't one of those where the the Northwestern that, that could possibly, you know, beat one of the, the, the bigger programs. No, no, that's not this program. That's no. Not this Northwestern team. This is a bad Northwestern team. It is. And they just barely, <laughs> I mean, they, you know, they survived, beat them 17 to seven yesterday. And it's just yeah. really unimpressive. And I just right. don't see how, I mean, I know they handled Auburn a couple of weeks ago, you know, at Jordan Hare. Um, and and that's their most impressive win so far, really. Right, which really shouldn't be that impressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's right. not that impressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I don't feel like it is. Is that an impressive enough win for them to be a top 10 team? Mm, no. No. I don't think it is. But it goes to show how kind of wide open things really are this year so yeah i mean there's definitely one spot in the playoff that's up for grabs right now maybe two depending on how you know if georgia keeps not looking so great and and drops a game to tennessee or kentucky they'd have to they'd have to drop a game and then get beat even in the you know they would have to drop make it to the championship game and get beat to not be in it to not so that means that yeah they would have to lose twice yeah. And so I think that's very plausible, though. Right. Um, but Kansas, you'd say Kansas is 19th? Uh, so Kansas is 19th, K-State is 20th. So kind of Kansas su- schools. That kind of surprises me about Kansas. I mean, I know they're 5-0, and but they they haven't played anybody, and they haven't played well, really. So you know, they, I don't think they'll be in there long. But Yeah, they, even this past, I mean, Iowa State probably should have beat them. Yeah, fourteen to eleven. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but game day's going there <laughs> next week. Yeah, is that true? Game day is going to Kansas. Yep, first time ever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I seen I seen a little like meme thing, you know, picture of it, but I didn't know if somebody made it up or not. <laughs> no, it's it's real. Okay. Uh, yeah, so playing TCU, two undefeated teams there. Right. So, um, but. Hey, a, a hot take I wanted to, to give before I, uh, before I, uh, get off here. Um, but before the season started on kind of our, uh, season predictions on talking Kentucky. Right. I said that I thought, uh, Colorado would go 0 and 12. And I just wanted to say they're 0 and 5 to start right. the season. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of, a lot of, uh, for, I'm a graduate of Colorado, actually. I went there for my master's, and uh, I have a lot of Colorado friends that are mad at me for that one. But I got to say, I'm <laughs> I'm right so far. So we're almost halfway 
through the season now, and they're they're 0 five. So it, if they win a game, it'll be against Arizona State, but I don't think they'll win that one. So uh, we'll see how long this 0 and 12 Colorado hype can keep going for me. <laughs> well, Coleman, I really do appreciate you coming on with us today. I know that me and you have kind of talked back and forth and we've been trying to get on you wanted me to come on your show too sometimes so Heck yeah we'll try we'll try to get that hooked up um before too long as well and i just want to say how much i appreciate you coming on our show um please like and share this and we'll do the same for you and i just appreciate it man absolutely thanks for having me on and yeah we'll have to get you on on talking kentucky soon and uh and uh, we'll have to get some um, some Auburn takes from from John uh, on uh, on podcast too. So yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well. Well. Uh, well. You, thanks, guys. Thanks for thank having you. Them. You have a great day, oh, yeah. Coleman. You too. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right, John. Is there any other game that you want to talk about? From from over the weekend before we jump off here, yeah. Let's see. We've uh we've lightly touched on the Alabama game. We touched on the Auburn game. Touched on the Kentucky game. Uh, a little bit of Oklahoma, Clemson, uh, K State. They beat up. Who they beat up? They beat up Texas Tech, right? That was yeah. The Texas yeah, Tech they game. beat Texas Tech. That one. Okay. I was trying to remember the Oklahoma the, the State handled Baylor, and that's one of the games that I was kind of debating on. Y'all went with yeah, Baylor, I went, and, I, went and Baylor. I, th- I think I kind of wound up going with Baylor, even though I was thinking Oklahoma State. But um, you know, they they it was a double digit win, and Oklahoma State I think is now number seven in both polls. So you know, they they still have a very good shot at at a playoff spot as well. Right, and I think the uh, the Michigan Iowa game, I thought that it would stay inside the number. Still thought Michigan would win, but I thought Iowa would would, would keep it inside the number, and I think Michigan was able to get outside the ten and yeah, a half. Yeah, it was like ten it was. and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, well, darn. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> on that one, and um, one of the games uh, that I want to touch on that wasn't, you know, I mean, we didn't even talk about it on our game day pick'em show. Um. USC played Arizona State. Yeah. And Arizona State is really not that great of a team. Matter of fact, before Coleman got off, he was saying that Colorado may have a shot at beating Arizona State. Right. Uh, you know, this year. And and Arizona, there's two teams out there, Arizona and Arizona State. And Arizona State's kind of in a mess. Um, they fired Herm Edwards, you know, a couple of weeks back now. And you know they uh they scored 25 points against USC um on Saturday night late i know USC won by like 16 or 17 it's like 41 to 25 or 42 25 yeah 42 uh, 25 but you know i'm just not you know their defense they're great on offense i'm just not sold that when they play a solid team that um, USC is a number six team in the country yet. That's just my opinion. Right. I think it's just that everybody is just wanting a to, to get, I guess, the whole Lincoln-Riley effect and everything like that, just wanting to hype them up. And them being undefeated still allows them to, to do that. But I, I don't know if they've actually beaten somebody that's – worth it yet you know yeah um to really talk about it and they'll play um see next week they got wazoo and then they get uh utah in two weeks right and that'll really be their first real challenge and it'll be at utah too so that one will be a a a true test um and then we did a, a one other one was the uh, Pac-12 after dark, and you had Oregon um, against Stanford. Oregon basically did the same thing what USC did to uh, yeah the Arizona State. They did. So, yep. 
So you know, and gave up, like gave up about bit, 24, 25, 26 points or whatever it was, something like that, right? Yeah, 45, 27. So, yeah. Um, it looked like uh, for a little while that it kind of stayed slightly close, and then there was, uh, I believe, a, a turnover and uh, a quick touchdown. I think they had two touchdowns that were within, I think, uh, 23 seconds of game clock. And that's what kind of spurred on Oregon to kind of start running away with it at that point. And that was early on. That was in the – I believe it was in the second quarter when Oregon scored 21 points in the second quarter. And I think that was part of that. Right. So they allowed Stanford to score 14 in the third and 10 in the fourth quarter. So 24 of their – 27 were scored in the second half. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the really one sure. thing about Kentucky yeah. that's been impressive to me so far. I mean, in the second half, I mean, even, you know, Saturday, I mean, they, we just, we hold them. And I mean, you know, hardly anybody has been scoring on us in the second half. And we did the same thing on Saturday, had plenty of opportunities, and really I felt like should have won that game, but we just beat ourselves. Right, right. You know, um, trying to think, though, we, we had a little talk um, on our pick six and no fly zone show over the week, uh, last week, about Washington, and you were totally right. <laughs> I mean, I you know, just you were right about, they were going to slip up and lose one of these games. I said they would lose one of them, and I, I, I think I was looking a little further into the future, not necessarily the UCLA, UCLA, because I think the pick, the pick'em game, I think I picked Washington to win. Yeah. And but in the in the Tuesday episode, I did say that they would that they would slip up at one of these games and lose, and then that's when we had the whole discussion that the Pac-12 the top two teams and not necessarily two divisions because y'all were talking about well they could lose to Oregon and still get in or they could lose the game and still and still get in well, I mean oh, now oh. I'm sitting here <laughs> saying if they're going to lose to you UCLA then yeah. you're right I mean they're not going to make it through you know yeah a couple of other games minus right. you know some of the better teams as well so, right you know yeah um I thought you know, they might have a shot of, you know, winning two or three of these upcoming games right? and then saying, okay, maybe they have a chance, but you know, it just didn't turn out that way. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, like I said, I, I, I thought, I felt like they could lose one of these games upcoming. Just didn't necessarily think it was going to be the next game. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we've got Chris Wilson that looks like has joined the room. Says good afternoon, BDS and drink local Beham. In a comment, do you see that? Yes, I see it. I don't know if it's somebody that you know. I do not know Chris. Okay. So I just thought we'll say hi to Chris Wilson. Um, What's up? Looks like he's. <laughs> made a comment so um just wanted to say hello and uh thanks for joining the show we have uh discussed most of the games you know this coming week there's um georgia and auburn you know play this coming week kentucky gets to go back home and play south carolina which should be a um Kind of a warm-up game, to be honest with you. I feel like at home it should be anyway. Um, so um, you guys got a tough game with the Georgia. Yes, we do. Uh, that one at Georgia. Let's see. The Auburn has not won at Georgia since 2005. Um and that was a bit of a miracle victory uh, that year. Um, Georgia and Auburn around that time was a very close series. 
and now has swung heavily into Georgia's favor. Uh, the scoring, it was so close that the scoring was almost the same uh, at one point in time where it was dead even, uh, wins and losses, and then the amount of points scored in the game. But again, that sense heavily swung to Georgia. Georgia's just got the dudes, and they've got better scheme. They've got better everything. They're hitting a, a point. They're hitting anything that Auburn can sit there and say, we've got a better this than Georgia does. It's just, there's not really anything. I mean, you, you can I think Auburn say, has a couple of guys on defense that's probably going to play on Sunday next year, probably. It, it, that, that may be, but I mean, you, you there's still going to be, I mean, there's still going to be some guys that play, but it's just, Overall, I mean, there's not really anything that, that Auburn's going to have that just seems like it's going to be a lot better than if Georgia. If Auburn, yeah, if Auburn had uh, Eli Drinkwood's scheme, then maybe they're able to do, because they had the better players than, you know, Missouri, you know, maybe they would have been able to do something, but they just, they don't even have that. So, it's just going to be uh, – it, it. I just don't see it being anywhere close, especially so, since it's on the road. <laughs> so Coleman, Coleman was talking about how Mississippi State is up and down and you never know what you're going to get. That's also true with Missouri every single week. I mean, right. you know, Missouri, like, you know, they, they, they can play really well like they did against Georgia yesterday and – just come up short by kicking field goals and not really getting to punch it into the end zone a few times, you know, and then they can look like they did and finish a game the way they did against Auburn the week before they played right. was it Kansas state that they played and got killed like 42. Uh, let's see. They, um, I want to say it was Kansas state. Like the week two or three? K-State. Yeah. K-State beat them September 10th. Just walloped them 40 to 12. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and you know, so they come out and they play a game like that, and then they show like they did against Georgia. And you just never know what you're going to get when you see Missouri come out and play. Right, right. And so, you know, next week they're at Florida right? Yep. At Florida. And that's going to be, uh, that could be an interesting game. It's at 11. Um, they could, they could make it close or they could get their, you know, rear end kicked <laughs> on this one. Yeah. So. I mean, I think it could be a really good game. It could be. Um, but if Missouri comes out and plays flat, I mean, e even last week against Auburn, I mean, the game was, honestly a miserable game to watch to be honest right um and then the way they ended the game missing i don't know a 30 32 yard field goal whatever it was i mean it's a chip shot basically um you know and missing it and then you know the way it ended trying to stretch out and everything i mean it was just a crazy ending and auburn winds up winning the game that they should have yeah. won Nope, should not have won that game. That was a game that, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I felt like that was, uh, I, I put it to the analogy of, uh, you know, watching, say, the, the national championship, whether it's last year or whether it was the 2017 season where it was Alabama and Georgia. Okay. These are two of Auburn's biggest rivals and they're playing each other for the national championship. And if you ask an Auburn fan, who would you rather see? And they would probably say they'd rather see nobody win. Well, that game against Missouri was one of those nobody won. Nobody won that game. You know, both teams were just trying to give it away. And it just looked like uh, Missouri did a better job of giving the game away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um Yeah. You know, so the East now, I mean, you know, Tennessee's not lost. Georgia's not lost. 
and you know right this minute it's going to look like that the it's going to go through one of them two teams um Kentucky is not out of it um you know they still have enough games and, and just lost the one if they could run through and get Tennessee then they're still right there and could beat Georgia and still have a shot but you know Georgia's not looked like Georgia the last two weeks right you know um so like you said they're gonna go to Auburn you think they'll get the all the kinks worked out and look like Georgia again yeah I think I think Auburn will when Auburn goes to uh goes to Athens that game is in Athens that it will that I think Georgia will 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 work out whatever their kinks are because they'll actually it'd be just like a scrimmage for them they'll get to be able to beat the snot out of Auburn and and uh, you know be over by halftime. <laughs> It'll be one of those like playing playing a, a non Power Five school. They just kind of just whip them up front and whip them all day. Right. Well, all right. We have done this for a little bit over an hour, so we're probably going to be wrapping this up. I just want to add that we'll probably do a couple of, of our shows this week that we've been doing with the Pick 6 and the uh, No Fly Zone segments show that we've been posting on Tuesdays and then um, our game day pick em show that we either post Thursday night or Friday so we'll probably have those. John Hammonds will be back on with us. He was doing some stuff with his dad today and uh, didn't get to come on. Looks like uh, we'll have somebody else that's joined the room. Does that say Zakes? Zakes. Uh-huh. I'm not going to attempt the last yeah, name. Yeah, I'm not going to attempt sorry. the last name either. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He says hi. So, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Uh, hey man, I appreciate you joining our show. We're about to wrap it up. Um, we've been on for a little over an hour, but I will post this show. So anybody that's come on, y'all feel free to, uh, download and take a listen. And, uh, we did have a guest on our show today from his own podcast. It's called Talking Kentucky. And, uh, they do a lot of, sports stuff but they also do some fun stuff and have some fun topics and stuff on their show and uh have have a little humor and stuff in their show as well um so y'all catch that and uh catch uh, coleman scott with talking kentucky and also catch us with fall down south sports wave and we appreciate it john you have anything you want to end with I believe that is it. We'll uh, we'll see what happens next week. All right. We will catch y'all next week. Thank you. All right. See you.